movie you should look the part I don't know. that's what granddad always said i think uh i think the witches that don't look the part are scarier <laughs> they can be you know like a i don't know yes yeah, sir what is that it's the pictures from crowd the banshee Darby are getting the little people. Cry. <laughs> Watch that one of too. The little people. Banshee, yeah. and that's the best thing in that movie. Darby O'Gill. Oh, the mm-hmm. special effects are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Disney. Yeah, they were on much. top of it right there. They fell off sometime around the black hole. Mm hmm. Star Wars was just that groundbreaking. It made all their stuff look yeah, really I don't dated know what immediately. In the seventies, but it's like you, you see like late seventies stuff, like Witch Mountain movies, and the composite work is worse than the stuff they were doing in the fifties. Yeah, I don't know if they lost a bunch of people. I imagine they lost the machines, the money. <laughs> yeah. Guys feeling ready? Sure. You feeling ready-ish? Ooh, carnival okay. salt. Ooh, mm. that would be the uh, Blu-ray. The new Blu-ray, eh? Oh, Criterion. Yes. <clears throat> and there's uh, Are we recording Suspiria. Yeah. Okay. You sent me a link to. Yeah, coming out. Um, yeah, Synapse is working on Suspiria, and it looks great. That's going to be a must-have. Yeah, they sent out these uh, comparisons between the new Italian Blu-ray and. One they're doing, mm-hmm. it's just great. No comparison. Well, there's comparison, and <laughs> their one is much better. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Criterion Carnival of Souls Blu-ray it looks fantastic. Nice. Can't wait. It's gonna be I, cool. I thought, oh, this looks amazing. Is I mean, I've seen it like five times or something, but this looks like uh, no like Wild Strawberries or something, like one of those Ingmar Bergman films. Yeah. Who, wow. Who's the photographer now? It's Sven Nyquist. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, and then and then I started, I, was, I, I started watching it with a bit of the commentary, so I got through about five minutes of that before oh. I had to leave. And and, uh, and then they said, oh, yeah, we wanted it to look like an Ingmar Bergman movie. And I thought, well, you succeeded in that. <laughs> it looks just like The Virgin Spring. Yeah, it's fantastic. Anyway. Oh. Let's intro and start talking about stuff. Okay. Welcome, dear listeners. You are listening to Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We are a podcast that talks about horror movies from, well, we don't, we don't discriminate any level of quality, any period in time. <laughs> um, and we will tend to spoil, I'm not going to spoil the one I talk about because it's recent and obscure enough to most people. Readily available. What a little is bit, it? Um... Byzantium. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. Good. yeah. I was gonna watch that one. It's really good. I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid spoiling it because uh, if you haven't seen the Wolfman, you know that's your problem. But if you haven't seen or heard of Byzantium, then I can't blame you because I hadn't. Uh, I found it while researching. It may have been suggested to me on some bot before, but I don't know. Anyway, I think I mentioned it. You probably did, and I was like, oh, there's a word Jolien said that I didn't write down. And I think when we were doing the Werewolf one or something, because he directed Company of Wolves. Yeah, yeah, Neil Jordan. Yeah. 
Yeah. So thank you to the Moonrays for giving us intro creature features at the top of the show. You can find them on Amazon, find them on iTunes if you want to buy their music. And if you want to say hi, they are the moon dash rays on Facebook. Having said all that, uh, we missed a week because I was at Comic-Con in yeah, Seattle, yeah. Emerald City Comic-Con. Uh, I think it was the 15th anniversary of that particular con. And Something like that. Yeah. And it was March. I didn't know it was that long, but it was March 2nd through 5th, which means I had to be gone the 1st through the 6th. Helped a friend of mine sell plastic toys at a booth. We'll get to that later. Uh, Will, what have you watched lately? Well, um, I watched... A series on Amazon called Sneaky Pete. How is it? It's fantastic. Good. It stars uh, Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah. And Brian Cranston. And the always excellent Margot Martindale. Huh. Who's in everything now. Um, totally not a Hollywood looking. I can't picture him. Margot Martindale? Yeah. She's a, She's been on... The Riches, she's on The Americans, she's a older lady, heavy set. I've not seen any of those oh, series. Oh, um, uh, the one about Paris that's got all the vignettes. She's the American who's practicing her French very poorly. I don't know what you're talking about. Je uh, t'aime Paris. Je t'aime Paris, yeah. yeah that, that one. Okay. She's the like super average Midwest Ameri- yes. American woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you hit, you get a voiceover of her like practicing her French and stuff. It's, it's her, mm. and she's an awesome actress. Yeah, she's good in everything. Yeah, um, excellent series. It's got more twists and turns. Um, you know, great cliffhanger end of every episode. Makes you want to watch more. That's great. We blew through them so quickly. <laughs> um, and then we watched the first episode of The Americans, season five. Ah. Um, tense as always. Yep. Don't quite know what's going on at the beginning of any season. You kind of have to jump in. Um, then we had to take a break and watch some British real estate show where they go <laughs> show old houses to people. Except for they're old with an E on the end. Yes, they're in Dorset. They actually are old. They'll go to a place and be like, this was built in 1450. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was an add-on in the 17th century. That's the new part. Mm. Right. And then, you know, you live here and it's like, this house was built in 1974. Right. How? No. <laughs> yeah, for us, the Victorian houses are old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I took Emily to the Tower of London, you go under a certain archway and it says uh, repaired in 1563 or something. Yeah. They finally fixed that thing. Yeah, this repair is older than my country. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. There were, you know, there was an American on there and they teased her because the, quote, newest house they looked at was built in 1774. Yeah, it's one of the oldest pubs in the world is in that area. So it's a house that was built in the 70s. Yeah. The 1770s. The 1770s. <laughs> yeah, it's like a 12th century pub. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, I heard somebody say that the, you know, the pub in their town, there was the old pub and the new pub, but the new pub was built in like 1820. Yeah. Because <laughs> the other one was, you know, 13th century right. or something. Right. <laughs> you get down into the West Country, they have a different idea of time. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, when we, we did this tour there and um, just this guy driving us around in his van and he talks about the Druids as the newcomers, like this new age cult that turned up at the old sites. Yeah. Using them for their own purposes. <laughs> you know, the, the old hinges. And the old hinges, yeah. <clears throat> like, yeah, just dumb hippies turning up. Yeah. <laughs> 2,000 years ago. Right. <laughs> when are they going to get out of here? Yeah. <laughs> This place from 4000 BC. Right. Jeez. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? You see, they, they found this huge statue in, the in is it Cairo? Yeah, were, in the slums of Cairo. Yeah, dig, digging out some slums and they found this huge statue. Yeah. I heard nothing about this. They oh, found all sorts of stuff recently. Well, for obvious reasons, I don't turn on the news because it's all about one subject and that subject <laughs> turns my stomach. But uh, there's got to be like some 
news channel that they come up with that's just like everything but that. I I I stick with BBC. I'll, I'll have to check it out and see if I, I'm sure we have BBC America on our cable. I just have the feed of I don't know what it's called, artifacts something. Oh, okay. It gives you little articles, and then you can usually go to the a larger article or find a video. I mean, they're a pretty simple rundowns. Some they found some uh, Roman sarcophagus that's been used uh, as a flower pot, <laughs> as a big planter, <laughs> and an estate in England. Uh, it's from like 300 A.D., but for the last 150 years or so, it's just been. It looks like a bathtub with beautiful reliefs carved into it. A bunch of hillbillies have been using it to make moonshine. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much every country has its own hillbillies, right? So to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, like... What if they don't have hills? Oh, then they're just like, um, what? What if they're lowlanders? The plain billies. Plain billies. Plain, or what, we call plains? them Ida billies. <laughs> when some... <laughs> Ida wins... Idahoans? Idahoans. I lived there for a while, so nobody can get mad at us for it. Because I'm not outraged. Well, they don't even have electricity here. They're listening to this show. That's true. Yeah, they didn't They didn't ride the bicycle long enough to charge the battery up to listen to this. You know. Are you excited for spring, Will? Uh, well, it's windy. It feels like spring back home. Yeah. I guess that every every part of the country has a different idea of what spring feels like. Here in Denver, we get to feel spring a bunch. Spring's pretty nice here. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Summer's all right here, too. Yeah. It's usually not too hot. Oh, no. But. Way too hot. <laughs> you're, is, you're from the desert. It is lately feeling like it's been too hot. But the summer before, we had a nice May. Ooh, in, in the desert, do they have dune billies? They... Well, we don't really discriminate. There's no money in the desert, so, so everybody's just a It's kind of like living in Cuba, I imagine. Oh, okay. Nobody steals cuz there's nothing worth yeah, stealing. You've seen uh, the hills are alive. The hills have eyes? The oh, hills the hills have, have eyes. eyes. Yeah. The hills have eyes with the sound of music. The hills have eyes. Somebody yes, needs, I have. <laughs> somebody needs to do a mashup of sound of music, the hills have eyes. <laughs> I like that idea. So, is that it for new stuff? Um, or recent stuff? House? No, we've not watched House. I don't know why. It doesn't come up. Jean's been watching the TV, so it's been her her choice, and we've watched a lot of reality idiots from Essex. And uh, <laughs> the, the ladies like the reality idiots for some reason. It's because you can... Uh, Sort of have it on as background noise, I think. Yeah. Um, you can leave the room and you know you're not going to miss anything I had a, I had a roommate who, uh, when he got up in the morning, um, would turn the TV on. Yeah. And not watch it. <clears throat> and it would just be, like, on all day. Yeah. My, like, uh, we had neighbors that did that. Like, that's so weird. Yeah. I do that sometimes. Uh, I don't know why. I, but sometimes. Not all the time, though. Like some peace and quiet is nice, but there are times where I want background noise and I don't want to have to curate the music. I don't have to be like, oh, that's ending. I have to, or like, oh, here's this feed from this bot and it's a bunch of uh, stuff I have to keep skipping. Sometimes it's just like, put on something idiotic or that you don't have to commit to and leave it in the background. I do that. I mean, I. uh, Once in a while. I have like. 10 seasons of the simpsons that i'll play on random yeah like i could have futurama running on you know full time and enjoy it and it's almost like instead of oh i like these songs it's right i like these punch lines yeah these lines were really clever <laughs> instead of thinking like when i first heard this song when i first heard that punch line right where was i the first time when I... was the first time i heard you know homer say such and such yeah well, Joel, if I was clever, I'd throw one in right now, but I'm right. not clever. What have you watched? Um, see, I saw The Rage, Carrie 2. Oh, Ooh, tell us. I had a kind of Carrie week. How, um, how was The 1999. Rage? 1999. Carrie 2? Direction is credited to Kat Shear, but it's not really her fault. She was kind of brought in like 
with no time for preparation or anything. Because like the previous director, they lost. Someone had to take the fall. They lost, uh, or he got but fired? She, she, she directed the Strip to Kill series and Poison Ivy. Oh, but okay. it's pretty bland. Yeah. Uh, got Emily Burgle as Carrie. Amy Irving is back as the school counsellor. Um, yeah, um, not not very exciting. It's got it's got a spear gun to the groin. Oh. That was about my favourite bit. Well, now, but, was know, the you rage do that in a movie and it's you know it's worth watching. Yeah, the rage carry too. Is that the one where the where the girl has like all the vine shaped things grow yes, up she, on her she face? Yes, she grows it to two. Right. <laughs> So, so is she a new Carrie, or is Carrie back from the dead? a relative of the first Carrie. Oh, okay. oh so they were cousins. I, I, that I don't had know the what same name. Yeah, I don't know what her. I forget what her name is. Um, Carrie too. But she she's some relative. She's in. Huh. Somehow she's inherited this recessive gene, but through the female side of the family. Uh-huh. I don't know how that works. Okay. But yeah, uh, and then I watched uh, the documentary De Palma from oh. last year. Have you seen that? Uh uh-uh. uh I was I was expecting more because you know because it's De Palma. I, th- I thought it'd be something more fancy going on. Uh huh. But it's De Palma in f- sitting in front of this fireplace talking into the camera. Uh, apparently they filmed him over a week, but um, and then it's just chronological order right through his career. And he's he's a good raconteur, so it's you know it's, it's interesting. It's entertaining, and, yeah. And you know he rem- remembers all these scandalous stories and oh okay uh, stories about you know what he was going after and techniques he was trying and who was influenced by. So if you're, I don't think it'll win you over if you're not a fan already. Oh, uh, I'm a I'm but if you are a fan, then it's great. De Palma fan, yeah. although De Palma is a director that I shouldn't be a fan of. <laughs> I should. I'm, I've seen. I've been more disappointed with De Palma films than any other director, I believe. Mm. Um, but yet, I. Yeah, I the last love one of his, his I really liked was uh, Femme Fatale. Femme Fatale. Uh, I know I saw it. Which one was Rebecca that? Remain? Oh yeah, it's yeah. one of those he made after he left. You know, he went over to Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the Black Dahlia. Oh yeah, yeah, the Black Dahlia. That was good. But yeah. Whereas, um, I've mentioned it on the show before, uh, Scorsese, I always forget, yet I'm never disappointed with his films. <laughs> but if you ask me, oh, who do you like better? I Shutter Island. I haven't seen Shutter Island. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen everything Scorsese's done. Whereas I think I've seen everything De Palma's done. <laughs> it's not all good. Well, I would say <clears throat> any director is going to have a few that aren't great. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. I think De Palma, for me, has a sort of losing record for movies. <laughs> he's, he's been going 50-plus years. Yeah, exactly. He's done a lot of movies, and he's done a lot of different types of movies. Yeah, and he'll he'll try things out. That's the thing I like, hmm. is that he'll try things out, you know. I really loved The Untouchables when I was younger. Yeah. It's unfucking watchable now. Really? The Unwatchables. I really don't like it now. You watch it, and it just... I think maybe because it suffers from the John Carter effect of everything after it kind of copied it. Okay. And so you watch it now and it seems really overly melodramatic and <laughs> like Kevin Costner is chewing the scenery. Wow. We should have him on the show. We should. <laughs> Kevin Costner is chewing, chewing the scenery. That's a t-shirt there. Yeah. recommend that excellent i'm gonna watch it all right uh watch the two parts of attack on titan from 2015 shinji higuchi don't know this one it's a multimedia thing it started out as a manga yeah but it's everything now it's games and it's spin-off manga it's spin-off like tv stuff and Manga uh, about games, spinoffs, right? Toys, uh, cosplay, yeah. Uh, <coughs> All so that follows. The original was by uh, Hijime Isayama, and it's been going since two thousand nine. But basically, the movies are like um, it's it's like a cross between George Romero and Ultraman. It's uh, oh, sure. like these giant zombies, zombies. basically, and uh, so like hundred years from you know about now. It, it, 
these these giants have, have have appeared and eaten most of the population so the remainders live in these concentric circle cities uh-huh. so right in the middle you've got the, the upper class and then you've got the like the middle class okay. engineers and so on and then you've got the outer people who are like the poor the farmers the people who were the soldiers who were you know, protecting the wall mm-hmm. and then and then things go terribly wrong when the movie starts and the, the giants start getting in so with this expedition set to help but uh but but yeah and and uh uh yeah i, I don't want to give it away but uh but the, the ultraman thing is it comes into play do you enjoy it is it good you recommend the it giants are really those scenes are really cool yeah because it, it gets really gory they're biting People, yeah, People I've seen them. Up and, it's and, kind of uh, like that. They uh, look like Goya painting, right? And they, they look like um, they're all. A lot of them have got kind of distortions, mm-hmm. and they're all naked. Apart, they don't have uh, any Scan. sexual organs. Oh, okay. Um, the, yeah, the very biggest one doesn't have skin. Oh, okay. But then there's like ones with really grotesquely distended bellies, and there's one with his his kind of features are too wide apart and things like that. There's all these like differences and they're all kind of mindless mm. uh yeah so they're, they're basically giant zombies wow and uh yeah and then you get some giant on giant action later on and <laughs> yeah Punch that into a search lots, of, lots of splatter <laughs> giant uh, on giant action the uh the human bit like i find so many japanese movies for the last generation or so they kind of pose actors around and they and they disclaim Mm. Yeah, they don't they don't behave like real people uh, uh, yeah it's pretty an, annoying and kind of tiresome but it's a good cast but um, yeah so check it out if you like giant you know violence giant violence uh, Magnificent Seven the 2016 version uh, with uh, not, a, not at all um, is it good? It, it's entertaining it's not very engaging though <clears throat> Uh, so they don't really hook you. No, it's like I don't care about the characters really. Um, it always makes it hard. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's quite a long movie, but I didn't feel like I knew anyone by the end of it. Hmm. Um, and then you know that you you get to the end and there's you know the, the heroes start getting killed off. Right. But I didn't really care that much. Well, it looks great though, I mean, and uh, if you if you your idea of a good western is a huge body count, then this pays off. Well, all right, uh, it's, it's a massacre. It's a you know about an hour long gunfight. Um, all right. Um, so there's Curiosity from 1933 called Deluge. This is one of those 30s disasters movies. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, I, well, I thought it was going to be a disaster movie, but it's actually a post-apocalypse movie. Uh, directed by Felix E. Feist, uh, hmm. he did uh, *The Devil Found a Ride*. You've probably seen that. Yes, one. yes. And uh, *Donovan's Brain* is his famous one, but it's got Peggy Shannon in it and uh, Edward Van Sloan. You remember as Van Helsing? Oh, okay. And uh, Sidney Blackmore is the hero. He turns up and robs Marie's baby decades later. And uh, special effects by Ned Mann, the, the miniatures. There's like um. It's kind of top heavy because 15 minutes into it, it starts right off with like, what disaster's going to happen? Disaster's going to happen. 15 minutes into it, New York gets hit by this huge earthquake and tidal wave. Yeah. And it's this massive miniature. And it's really impressive. Nice. Um, so it holds up. Yeah. Good. I mean, you're, you're talking 933. They, yeah. they, what they did, they built this massive New York on these on these uh, movable stages okay. that could open up and, and then the, and they kind of rolled it down a hill. So they built their own <laughs> tectonic had, plates. Yeah, so they had like, they always plaster huge, massive, you know, 15 foot buildings. But uh, I don't know how they did it, but they apparently it was one take and they, they just like unleashed this disaster <laughs> and filmed oh, it. And went, I don't know how many cameras they had, but it looks really good. Wow. Uh, but then the rest of it is like... Um, She's she's making her way through the countryside, and this is like pre-code. So it's obvious like there's these gangs of rapists going around, and uh, so she's like 
avoiding them and she ends up with this guy who's who's like a decent guy and and they hide out in a cave and they get besieged by these these yokels and uh yeah so it's you know it, it prefigures all those post-apocalypse movies you get much later so wow. yeah really interesting and it's it was an hour long yeah so it, you know it suddenly ends and i thought wow is it that's already <laughs> oh man but yeah it's good check it out um just yeah. came out on dvd recently uh okay so in preparation for today we're doing the st patrick's day thing aren't we? yes watched uh darby gill and the little people which i've never seen before i don't think i have seen it either director robert stevenson i don't recognize the title i used to see like an ad for it once in a while like yeah. either it was re-released to theaters or it was showing on wonderful world of so disney albert sharp he's the the colorful guy in the the flat cap and the he, he's, he's the, darby o'gill yeah he's the he's the cunning hero really yeah sean connery's in it but he's like a secondary character oh yeah He's like, I'm Irish um, now. Janet Munro. <laughs> basically, it's it's Albert Sharp versus the leader of the uh, Leprechauns, and they have this battle of wits. Yeah, and he, he like they they're constantly trying to trick each other and get wishes out of each other, and um, yeah, so it's, it's you know, it's and then a banshee it's shows excellent up. special effects. It's got a banshee in it who looks kind of like um, no, I've, I've seen that film, you know, probably six or seven times. Yeah. Now. Was this before James Bond movies or after? Oh, yes, that's his Shortly first before. film. <clears throat> no kidding. His very first so. film? I believe that's his first film. Huh. Wow. Really? Yeah. I saw this... Uh, I think I saw this on a double bill in a hotel room with uh, Phantasm 2. <laughs> <laughs> this was on your... Uh, that's how I start every story now. Yeah. <laughs> You were making a road trip to a funeral. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I had just done a nickel up at Attica. Yeah. Start all your stories that way. Right. Emily read, read, uh, it must have been some internet meme or something, but uh, uh, you can improve every novel by making the second sentence and then the murders began. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, sure. That's pretty good. Um, I like that Snoopy always started his stories. It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> Somebody actually suddenly a shot rang out. That's from something too. Yeah, yeah. It's the it? worst. It is. Yeah. Novel ever written. <laughs> All right. Uh, Pride of the Marines with John Garfield, Elena Parker, nineteen forty-five. One. This turned out to be a, a blind soldier double bill. So Pride of the Marines, which is based on a true story. Uh, where he's he comes back blind. Yeah, he, he gets blinded by the, he's on Guadalcanal. Yeah, and, and uh, his grenade goes off in his face. Uh, it's him struggling to get over that. So that, uh, yeah, it's a really good movie. The scenes where he's on Guadalcanal and he's he's like at night in the jungle and yeah. getting attacked is pretty scary stuff. I I seem to remember watching that. It um seems very familiar, but there were. Several of those, I imagine, right after World War Two. Yeah, this is from forty-five. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty nightmarish. Oh, he has he has an actual nightmare where it it like uses negative and reverse film, mm-hmm. and it has reverse music. I can't remember an earlier film using like reverse score. Interesting. Ooh. But uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, last night we watched uh, Twelve Angry Men, which I'd never seen. Really? I it's like. I know it's a good film. It's got this amazing Stellar cast. cast. Uh, you know, Sidney Sidney Lumet directing it. Uh-huh. But I thought, oh, it's going to be like a great stage play, but not really a good cinematic experience. But I was so wrong. Yeah, it's no. so well done. It have is... you seen that? No. I'll watch I still it. haven't. So Stop really right now. Check go it watch out. It. We'll wait. Hit pause. Yeah, it's really. I'll good. go really watch it. How it is... how to film twelve guys in a small room and make it uh-huh. interesting. Yeah. Really good. So was this before um, uh, Alfred Hitchcock? Was it Lifeboat? Was that the name of that one? It was after Lifeboat. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. So Hitchcock's like, here's how you're doing. <laughs> yeah, he had an even smaller space to work with. Yeah. Uh, he laid the groundwork anyway. I saw a 3D Western called The Nebraskan from 53. Huh. Very early, early Lee Van Cleef. Jay Silverheels plays this... this people chasing them down and besieging these people but it's got this weird like um 
but they take these bits of rear projection that might even have been like stock footage of people racing around on horses and then what they do to make it 3d they get these boulders and they stick them in the foreground and they don't quite match up with what's going on, <laughs> on the screen it's so disorientating oh wow <clears throat> uh but they don't deliberately like juggle and have the you know or... oh yeah they have lots of arrows to the face daggers to the face fire taking the top off of the popcorn popper <laughs> oh yeah that's all in there uh Let's see. Uh, something is out there. That was weird. It's from 88. It was this TV miniseries, but it was just shown as a movie. And uh, But it's obviously like the last few bits of this series. Uh-huh. So there's like all these sudden scene changes and things. It's really bizarre. It's got Rick Baker, alien in it. Uh, Mariam Darbo is this alien woman in it. Um, let's see. What's uh, that called? Something is out something there? Something is out there. Hmm, never heard of it. Yeah. I don't know that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd never seen it before either. Uh, that man from Rio, 1964, Philippe de Broca, with Jean-Paul Belmondo from Breathless hmm. and Francoise Doliac. Seen Breathless. It's kind of like a. If you read about it, it says, "Oh, it's a parody of James Bond," but I didn't. It didn't feel. I mean, he, he goes overseas, and there's like he's chasing. He's chasing this his girlfriend, and there's like these criminals and stuff. But it didn't feel James Bond yet at all. Hmm. It was more like Tintin. There's this Tintin book <laughs> called um, The Broken Ear. Yeah. Which has really got very similar plot points in it. But it's got this like uh, scenes where they, they end up in uh, Brasilia. Uh-huh. Where, it, where it's still under construction. Have you seen Mm-mm. pictures of Brasilia? Mm-mm. No. It's, it's one of those concept cities that were built in the 60s. So like Epcot. Yeah, so it was built like this kind of space age new city out in the oh, middle yeah. of Brazil. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really strange. Wow. Uh, Welcome to the world yeah, of tomorrow. Entertaining movie. <laughs> it's got Adolfo Celli in it. He was a, he was Largo in Thunderball. Oh, okay. but that's the nearest it got to being feeling Bondy to me. And uh, Jean Survey from Rafifi. Hmm. You've seen Rafifi, right? I don't think I have. I don't know. No. Rafifi is this heist movie. I think <clears> it's yours, Dessin. It's there's a scene in it where they have to get into this. The, the jewellery place mm-hmm. and it's wired for sound so they can't make a sound they can't mm-hmm. let anything drop or anything like yeah. that so you get what turns into half an hour of basically them trying to be as quiet as possible and, and they've got to dig into this place and get the stuff and get out again and you're you're just like eating your fingers down to the bone by the end of it that's <laughs> amazing Rafifi you've got to check it out okay. alright uh, Desert Rats uh, it's Richard Burton month on TCM, so ah. Desert Rats from '53, director Robert Wise. It's a pretty deep, solid uh, World War Two thing. James Mason as Rommel again. Uh, Bridge of Spies, the Spielberg thing from last year. Didn't see that at all. It's really good. All right, solid, old-fashioned stuff. Tom Bridge, Hanks, Bridge of Spies. Yeah, it's a true story of the negotiator who, who did the swap. You know the um, the U two pilot who. Right. So they swap Jerry him Powell. out. Yeah, so they swap him out for this Russian spy. Yeah. And uh, he wants to bring over his American student who's been caught as well at the same time. Oh, okay. So it gets pretty complicated. Uh, Mystic River, Clint Eastwood, 2003. I know I saw it. It's been a long time. And that's got a cast. Kevin Bacon, Lawrence Fishburne, Sean Penn, Tim Robbins, Marsha Gay Harden, Laura Linney, Eli Wallach turns up. Uh-huh. <laughs> as is off this license. is a sequel to Mystic Pizza, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they're uh, all cousins from the original cast. Did, right. did you see a pizza runs through it? <laughs> I love the pizza runs through it. Yeah, there's these three kids, and they're, they're in this like neighborhood in Boston. Yeah. And uh, when their kids, one of them gets taken away by these molesters. Yeah. Right. And uh, he's the Tim Robbins character in Adult Life. But uh, then there's another murder. In it's a revenge pick. And yeah, so like Kevin Bacon, by this time he's a detective, and Sean Penn is like this shady operator. Wow. Kind of semi legal guy. It's good. It's I, good. I remember enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you you know, you bought me the last of the Pelucidar novels. Uh-huh. So we finished reading those, and then we watched Out of the Earth's Core, which I've seen several times. Yeah. I love it. Kevin Connor movie, Peter Cushing, perfect as the professor. Doug McClure. I've not seen that one. I'm Troy McClure is named after Doug. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Caroline Monroe is. She, they call her Dear in the movie. She's 
Deanne in the novels. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah. Uh, 31, Rob Zombie. Oh, you sat through 31, did you? Well, yeah, it was was really tedious. I'm not going to watch another one of his movies unless... Unless someone else watches if, it, if first. you guys say, "Oh, he's done these new ones, like really he's different," it. and and it's it's really interesting, and I think the box said tedious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't remember recommending this. I no, know, no, I know, no, I did. no, no, you no, did. no, no, no. And uh, I thought, well, I'll, I'll check it out and see what it's like. And again, it's worth telling our listeners: I like Rob Zombie. Mm-hmm. And I like some of his directing. Yeah. I don't know what his choices are about sometimes. Right. I really want him to just like do something do new. something different. I don't know. <laughs> just, yeah, if someone could like, you know, like um, with Tim Burton, you can just sit them down and say like, no clown makeup. No. No twisty for, trees. <laughs> forget about the 70s. Yeah. Try another decade. Um, okay, Hacksaw Ridge, Mel Gibson, 2016. How was it? Andrew Garfield, Hugo Weaving, De- story of Desmond Doss. It's it's strong stuff. Yeah. It's pretty uh, conventional war movie. You get a lot of first hour where it's like this bucolic, raised, you know, growing up in the country. Yeah. In this case, Virginia. And uh, played by Australia in the movie. and uh, And then ending up in Okinawa... And just mayhem, just incredibly gory. Uh, no sympathy for the Japanese at all. Wow. <laughs> they're just like the characters say, "Oh, they're a bunch of animals," and you don't get anything to the contrary. Wow. Uh, it's kind of an, it's, you know, it's one-sided. Kind of a shame. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, it's about Desmond Doss. It's not. It's not. You know, it's, it's not letters from Iwo Jima. It's it's yeah. it's not going to go into the Japanese side of the story at all. It's these guys experiencing this terrifying situation and true, yeah, and him going back into it over and over. But uh, yeah, really strong stuff. And uh, see, yeah, that was about it. I saw this western called Lust for Gold, which is pretty peculiar. It's got Ida Lupino in it and Glenn Ford. Hmm. It's a uh, it's about this actual treasure site, and in it's in this mountainous area, and lots of people got killed looking for this gold. Huh. Uh, so it's based on this guy's actual book, and then it and then it flashes back for a long stretch where it shows the Glenn Ford playing this like pretty bad guy. He's really good playing bad guys. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's so likable when he's the hero, but when he plays a bad guy, he's like he's so good. At it. Um, and he's and Ida Lupino. Uh, finds out that he's discovered this hidden gold and so she manipulates him. Oh, okay. Then uh, it switches back to the present day where there's mur- these murders going on. But, um, yeah, that's what I watched. Sounds good. <laughs> you watched a few things. Yeah, well, it's been <clears throat> a couple weeks, weeks or something. Well, since we recorded last, uh, I didn't see as many movies as I normally would have because of being in Seattle for almost a week. And really kind of not figuring out the um, the TV at the Airbnb until about day two or three, because uh, we were pretty busy getting started. Um, long story longer, I helped a friend of mine who sells little plastic toys called Funko Pops. So I'm helping my friend Dustin sell at his booth. and um, They really should be made out of candy. If they were made out of candy, that would be awesome. Like a, like a you know, character car lollipop that's yeah or maybe they dispense huge pez oh that's Ooh, a good giant pez dispenser i like that too yeah as long as i'm eating candy in this <laughs> scenario i like it but we had uh we had a uh what you would call an airbnb um it was my it seemed covert though they're like um, go in through this door up this elevator and then walk down the hall and go up the rest of the way on the other elevator so maybe it's against the HOAs to use this building as an Airbnb, but it was really nice. It was like a condo, like student housing kind of, but not a dorm. It was like students with a little more money could rent these apartments or own these condos. It's right by the Art Institute of Seattle. Anyway, uh, I had lived in Seattle back in the day, and it was kind of nice to be back. Got to see a couple of old friends. Um, 
And of course, uh, there were there was quite the experience trying to pick up the freight uh, for Dustin's booth. Um, UPS didn't hold it at the depot. They had it out on a truck for delivery, so we had to intercept the truck, and the driver was really cool about it. And then we had to go out to Funko Pop and pick up uh, some stuff that had been shipped to my friend at his home location. Wow. So they had to repick the order while we waited, but we got a great tour of that place. And uh, finally, about day three or so, I told uh, a couple of these young guys who were helping us out. Um, there were four of us total. Uh, one of them hadn't seen from dusk till dawn. And I said, hey. He Probably because he wasn't born yet. He wasn't born yet. <laughs> but I wasn't born yet when a lot of shit was made. And I watched no, it anyway. No, I just said that because that, you know, that movie came out in, what, 1996? Right. <laughs> Fuck me. It's, it's, it's funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, does it hold up is the question. Well, in a sense, yeah, sure. Because, you know, everything still kind of has the same punch in a way. Yeah. Uh, and the ridiculousness. Is Salma Hayek still in it if you watch it today? Yeah. Well, then that's all I need to know. She's frozen in time as a perfect specimen of the female human. Uh, but there's the thing where you've got someone in their mid twenties watching a movie and they want to look at their phone. It's like, no, no, put the phone down, watch oh. this. Uh, so we got right to the point where Sama Hayek's character, satanical pandemonium finishes her dance and the movie's about to switch from what it was to what it is, uh, going to be. And, uh, he's just like crashing out, um, marijuana edibles, perhaps, uh, contributed he's to this. But uh, these old movies are so slow. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> it's like I wish there was some setting I could make it black and white and tell them it was made in the 40s. But <laughs> it's George Clooney's granddad. Uh, he's like, who's George Clooney? Anyway, so we. Uh, yeah, Rosemary Clooney's kid. Yeah. It's actually oh, her, it's her nephew. Yeah. Rosemary <laughs> Clooney's nephew. Yeah. So, uh, Why didn't you say so? So I, I got to rewatch From Dusk Till Dawn. Um, uh, and of course, you know, Comic Con was uh, had us pretty busy. So, did you get to meet any celebs? Uh, the only celeb I ran into was um, the guy from Comic Book Men, um, Ming uh, oh. Ming Chen. Yeah, I think his name is. Uh, you use celebrity in a lot different way than I do. <laughs> well, he's on a TV show. <laughs> uh, no, Still, he... you use celebrity in. A... I've, no. I watched one of those because Lindsay Wagner. Oh, the, stops by. the bionic woman. Yeah. Yeah. Who I love. Yeah, she stops by and they give her a silver surface statue. Oh, cool. And she's like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? <laughs> it's, a, it's a great paper. How long do I have to hold on to this before I can dump it? <laughs> she wanted the silver surface statue. For oh, her, she wanted her, her it. Nephew oh, or oh, okay. Oh, she's... And so she was seeing what they had and they presented with this chrome plated silver surface statue. Oh, okay. I thought maybe they just like randomly picked something. They're like, hey. <laughs> Run them back and grab we, something. We don't have any Bionic Man dolls, but here you go. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, Ming Chen. Yeah. No, uh, that's, yeah. So, that uh, show is, can be a, a like, guilty pleasure, I will admit. Well, I've watched a few episodes, but uh, we ran into him at a breakfast place called Biscuit Bitch. Which was great. Uh, but, you know, we didn't talk about his show. It's just like, oh, here's a guy that, that we see at every show we're at. And he and Dustin recognized each other. And they were chatting a little bit. And then we're just eating our biscuit-related... Biscuits? They were biscuits, but they were covered with lots of other foods, you know. So we're, <laughs> we're like grits, scrambled this eggs. This wasn't like an angry feminist gun dealer, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> It wasn't. It was a breakfast place. So we uh, so we ran into uh, him, and then, uh, oh, I want to say uh, we saw someone else at a distance, but I wanted to run into John DiMaggio. Um, I uh, did stop by the booth where Matthew Inman, uh, the guy who draws the oatmeal. Yeah. Um, I dropped by and uh, bought uh, Exploding Kittens, the, the card game, off of him. Uh-huh. And he was... Just drawing pictures and signing autographs for people who either were or weren't buying things. He didn't seem to care. Uh, I think he knows the sales are going to be good no matter what. But he had really cool stuff at his booth. But he was a nice guy. I liked him a lot. And that was it for celebrity sightings. A lot of cosplay. Lots of cosplay. Mm. Uh, 
That's like ninety percent of it now. It seems like yeah, it now. The conventions well, now that are like saying no, no cosplay. Sixty percent cosplay. The rest are like print sales. Yeah, things like that. Mashup print sales. Yeah. So you got like the Ramones mashed up with stormtroopers <laughs> from Star Wars. What the fuck do those two have to do with each other? That's true. They're always so random. You're talking to the guy who makes Andy Warhol Planet of the Apes posters. True. Yeah, that's true. true. That's true. Which are awesome. Thank you. They are. Thank you. They're well done. Well, that's is the thing. But you see, you know. Well, some people do digital stuff and and they spend hours in their computer and then they just print it out from Kinkos and that's fine uh, as long as the people buying it understand yeah, that yeah yours are cool screen prints like yeah. they're, they're actually done well thanks There's, yeah, yeah I, do, I do hand screen print my stuff you um, didn't kind of photoshop a f- you know some filters no over oh, yeah. a picture like we've seen I've yeah, there's, the, there's those guys who like just do a splatter filter over uh-huh. superheroes and sell them as originals. Yeah, yeah, you see a lot of that. They crack down on that a lot now. Yeah. All right, let me finish my list and then we'll talk sure. about some stuff. Uh, in case our listeners couldn't figure out from the art or the description of the episode, we're going to be talking about uh, horror movies that are somehow related, vaguely or not, uh, to Ireland or the Irish, or things from Ireland or something. Uh, so I also watched... Uh, so we're drinking Irish beer. Yes. Um, shortly we'll have a fist fight. Yeah, it's spelled Smithwicks, but it's... I'm going to need I a couple hear, more of those before that happens. <laughs> I always hear it pronounced Smithwicks. It's the people who make uh, uh, Guinness brew this, and um, it's a premium Irish ale. Now they fool you. It's like a leprechaun trick. They give you 11.2 ounces of beer, but it looks like a 12-ounce bottle. Everything does that now. I'm looking on like the back. Like a box of kicks. Still comes in a giant box. The bag inside's gotten a lot smaller. It's just got one big kick in it instead of kicks. One time I went to Ireland. We met this guy on the ferry. And we got friendly with him, and he uh, he he drove us into Dublin and and wow. uh, took us to his favorite Guinness bar. Nice. And it was like those the real Guinness that takes two minutes to pour. Yeah. Mm. And you it watch a cascade. Wonderful. It's, it's so thick. Yeah. <laughs> it was so nice. Yeah. It was a really good experience. So I watched a uh, new zombie movie from, I want to I say it was just 2016, uh, The Girl with All the Gifts. Um, yep. Mm-mm. It's, it, you got to see it. That. It feels like the best stuff from um, 28 Weeks Later. Mm-hmm. And. Mixed like with one. the worst stuff from <laughs> Elevator to the Gallows. Okay. Yeah. No. Um, the girl with all the gifts. Yeah. Just writing it down. Um, and I don't want to say much about it except that it is a different take on the zombie apocalypse. And you will enjoy it if you enjoy zombie stuff at all. It's, it's above and beyond what most people are churning out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard it was a great book. And they finally made it into okay, a movie. Okay, that's why I know that title. Yeah, it's a book. Uh, and then Doctor Strange, the one that's got okay. um, Benedict Cumberbatch mm. in it. And a lot of fun. Uh, if you enjoyed that, um, uh, what's the... Peter Sellers is in that too, right? <laughs> he should be. <laughs> this is brand new. So the body of Peter Doctor Sellers. Doctor Strange or how I stopped worrying and learned to love the Marvel Universe. And I learned to love the special effects from Inception. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of Inception style, but it's visually a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I saw that in the trailers. Yeah, it's it's good fun. I, I reread the uh, they put out an omnibus last year of the Ditko run on uh-huh. Doctor Strange. Yeah, if they could just film some of that stuff straight. Uh, there's this like uh, story that kind of goes on for like several issues in a row, uh-huh. uh, which is like unusual for that time. Yeah. But uh, where he's getting chased across the world and he's, he's like lost most of his powers and, and uh, there's all these like wraiths that go through solid matter and they chase him and he gets on a plane. and Wow. wow. It is really cool. Yeah. Um, wraiths on a plane. <laughs> so, uh, so that's uh, essentially other than some TV episodes of some things that I don't really want to go into. That's what I have watched since last time. Uh, I made a list of horror movies from Ireland or filmed in Ireland and went through and read some descriptions. And I know you, you had mentioned a couple of them that I had on here. Uh, 
but I but I looked at uh, I looked at that one in particular Byzantium and it mm. sounded good. Yeah. Now I had watched that one from Germany called We Are the Night, and I thought, wow, how lucky would I be if there was another vampire movie I hadn't seen that was actually good? And this mm-hmm. one was it. It yeah. was really good. Um, I won't talk about my movie first. I will though, however, go first in talking a little bit about St. Patrick's Day. Um, Maybe we could explode a few myths and make fun of some stuff. Because you are Irish. Uh, I am of Irish descent. So all I could tell you about being Irish is being an American of Irish descent. And I know that there is a lot of silliness that people have about, quote unquote, being Irish. And um, I think anybody from Ireland would be like, you're what now? <laughs> uh, you're an American. You're a Yank. You know, it, 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 it's like I... I'm about as Irish as Lucky Charms as far as people in Ireland are concerned, I'm sure. Uh, so I wouldn't go over there for a visit and just be like, I'm Irish too, whoop-de-doo, you know, because they would just be like, no, you're not. You don't say everything like it's a question. <laughs> There's that intonation I love that when you get certain Irish people, every every statement sounds, it's got that Remember, little... Remember the late 90s here? It became very big to, to have a lot of Irish things i don't know or people well it was because there of was boondock inf- saints wasn't it infatuation with ireland like there was an infatuation with australia here briefly i think so in the early 90s late 80s yeah late 80s i guess whenever yahoo serious <laughs> landed yeah i'm glad we said no we just stood up and said no australia we're not going to take yahoo serious <laughs> seriously Anyway, yeah. So, so uh, a few things that that Americans, uh, whether you're of Irish descent or not, should know about St. Patrick's Day. That first of all, being um, festive and silly about it, uh, having parades, putting green dye into beer, um, binge drinking, um, eating foods that have not much to do with Ireland. These things all uh, are American inventions, essentially. Um, and I'm sure there are sexy leprechaun costumes now, uh, in Irish folklore, there aren't even female leprechauns. They're all dudes. But there are sexy costumes. There are. (laughs) We're not saying the male leprechauns can't wear them. (laughs) They can do what they want. They're magical creatures. Uh, yeah, that's when when I was watching Darby O'Gill, it's it's all men. uh There's not even a Smurfette. No. There's not a single tube top or pair of hot pants in the whole movie, right? Again, you're wrong. Sean Connery's like, do these make my butt look big? That is a great Irish accent by way of Scotland. I'm Darby O'Gill. So, and he was a great Spaniard slash Egyptian in Highlander, wasn't he? Wow. Man. So, um... Has he ever played... An actual Scottish person (laughs) that I'm thinking now? Has he? No. I don't think he has. Probably not. Oh, my God. I don't think he ever has. Uh, So um, I have a thing about crowds, especially crowds full of drunk people who might want to do other people harm. I don't like these things. No? They're like zombies you can't kill. What the hell? Right. Exactly. You can't legally kill these zombies. And... uh, so I've often stayed away from the festivities of St. Patrick's Day and would instead say, well, you know, maybe I'll read up on some history of Ireland or maybe some history of who was St. Patrick and what was he up to. And in the earlier years of me doing that, I discovered this dude was he was from Wales, essentially, um, or somewhere thereabouts. Uh, he was a slave. He was a slave. He was okay. Kidnapped. He was kidnapped. Sold into slavery. <laughs> right. Interesting dude, right? Yeah. No. So, so his, um, oh, and by the way, let's get one thing clear. It's St. Paddy's with two D's, not two, two T's. Two T's, a D, and a <laughs> couple G's and an R for some reason. So in Ireland, if you're if you're Patrick, the, the Irish pronunciation and spelling would be Padraic with a D. So Padraic would be paddy not patty so uh, if somebody says saint saint hamburger's day is my yeah. favorite <laughs> so you could do uh you could do what you want but someone from ireland might be really upset if you say saint patty's day so saint paddy's day with the two d's uh so so that out of the way uh so here's this guy from uh you know some part of england who gets sold into slavery 
He hangs out uh, working as a shepherd, basically, if I got the story right in my head. Um, at some point, escapes on a pirate ship. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going. To, I'm going back to England or whatever we call it, which the is thief. currently under Roman occupation. Uh huh. This story gets weirder and weirder, right? Uh huh. So St. Patrick's back in England, reunited with his family, has undergone some sort of religious conversion. Uh huh. Returns to Ireland essentially as a missionary. Yeah. Now, this being said, he is not the be-all, end-all religious leader of Ireland. This, this is something that's no mi- myth has developed over time. And another thing that never happened was snakes ever being in Ireland in the first place. <laughs> really? Go on How now. do you know? Wait, the Northern Atlantic? He, he didn't drive this, all the snakes out of Ireland. Maybe he did it retroactively. Maybe. Maybe Check he traveled. May. He may have traveled time. Uh, he drove them all out. Not just then, but forever. So they, they didn't have snakes ever? Never. No, it's well, cold. We do have snakes in England. But, oh, okay. but not in Ireland. Grass snakes and adders. See? Because he drove them all out. Yeah, that's no. where they went. He didn't <laughs> so, used to have them. I was wondering if they had snakes in England. <laughs> so blame the Irish. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Damn Irish pirates. So if you were to take some of those snakes and throw them into the Atlantic on the warmest part of the year, they would probably freeze, wouldn't they? Would there? <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, Are there any poisonous snakes in England? Uh, Are the adders? One of the adders is. Other than Tories. Yeah, they're they're not dangerous in England. No. Yeah, but little grass snakes. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Almost stepped on a big adder when I was in Wales. When I was a kid, I was about to bring my foot down on something and it moved. (laughs) Well, I've never seen a snake before. Oh, neat. So uh, those myths out of the way, uh, green beer, they would never do that in Ireland. It's silly. That's an American thing. Um, the parades, uh, all the celebrating. This all started here. This all started here because people were like, uh, well, how do we celebrate this? What do we do for fun? Uh, what's the most Irish thing we can think of that, um, St. Patrick's Day? Okay, that'll work. Uh, in Ireland, it's just like, yeah, it's another religious holiday where you would maybe eat certain meals, eat a bit of a feast and maybe drink a little extra beer, but not parades, binge drinking. And um, why corned beef and cabbage? Well, because it is delicious. <laughs> if you, that is the only thing I will keep from St. Patrick's day. <laughs> no, the, the way this started was okay. An Irish breakfast would consist of a number Whiskey. of sure <laughs> served in a potato, <laughs> hollow out a potato, fill it with whiskey, <laughs> But an Irish seven-course meal, a six-pack and a potato. <laughs> no, you would have, you would have uh, whatever's in it, like I don't know, scrambled eggs, toast, uh, bacon, which is like Canadian bacon essentially, boiled so, in a potato. That's <laughs> English style. Oh yeah. So I don't know how that came about. So Irish Americans in New York were like. Where do we get rashers or bacon, which is similar to what we know as Canadian bacon? And not being able to find this, they would uh, say, well, what's the closest thing that these uh, Jewish folks down the street at this deli have? Brisket. Brisket that's been salt cured, and it's called corned beef. And it's called that. There's no corn involved. No, it's because it's pebble-sized corn that they'd pack meat in. Yeah, the salt salt is is, yeah called corns of salt. Uh Uh-huh. So they bought some of that, sliced it up, said, that'll do. Yeah. And so that was a substitution. There's no, there's, you, you would find salt-cured beef in Ireland, but you wouldn't find specifically that. That's, that's a, a Jewish deli food that the Irish went, mm, that's but the closest just, thing we can get. Corn, corned beef is English, though. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So Strangely, you know. Um, like we think of fish and chips as yeah. being English, was actually served it's, by... It's Jewish, Jewish yeah. uh, immigrants. <laughs> so you're even. Because it was, right. yeah. you look, at, look at the great traditions of England: tea, yep, fish and chips. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah, this is all imports. Yeah, well, in a period of time when the when the sun never set on the British Empire, I'm sure there yeah. was a lot of stuff from around the world that the Brits were able to go. Hey, we'll take some of that. We yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah but that's 
So not to go into too much of a history lesson uh, unless well, it's we, too late. We, we were um, invaded by everybody as well. So. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's such where a Mongol Mon- race. Yeah, yeah. Whenever, whenever some white supremacist talks about purity of the white race, like, <laughs> are you kidding the most now? Most Mongolized <laughs> race there is. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's about as much as I really need to say about um, some of these some of these traditions that are essentially American traditions. Where does the cabbage come from? Um, that was probably something you could find in abundance. That... Cabbage is just a cheap poor people's food. Yeah, yeah. Peasant food is usually food. Uh, what you find in certain cultures. You know, watching that uh, that British real estate show, they had some lava bread, which is seaweed that they boil for like 12 hours. And wow. Put some on bread and it just seemed like... Yeah, that seems like a really, really poor people food. Like, we have nothing but boiled so the, seaweed. The thing with the boiled meat, like the, the old yes reputation of terrible English food, that's because like people would, they could afford to buy a chunk of carcass of an animal, uh-huh. and then they do everything with it. Yeah, and it would just go through all these stages. So like one of the last stages would you be, you boil the remains of what you had, mm-hmm. just to get what you could out of it my grandmother it for whatever reason yeah whatever reason my grandmother boiled all meat <laughs> and then and then the bones that are left would go off to the rag and bone man <coughs> and then they uh, and then bones would be burned on a fire hence bonfire yeah. which means bone fire but then you could turn that into pigment <laughs> you can make ink and paint yeah, out yeah. of it yeah you just keep using stuff over and over until yeah. there's until there's nothing left but dust right. <laughs> like kidnapping and uh, Clothes in England were often passed down, and kidnapping originally meant you would take a kid and steal his clothes. <laughs> really? So you could go sell them. Wow. You didn't actually, this is you, you just, America you, you for just, you. You just threw out the child and kept the Basically, clothes. you left a naked kid on the street. <laughs> wow. You would find a, a kid between, like, you know, two and five yeah. who had nice, nice enough clothes, and you'd lure him away, or her, and you'd steal their clothes and leave them naked on the street. It wasn't until America in, funny. in the 1890s, I believe, kidnapping became came to mean stealing a child for ransom. Oh. Wow. So it's another old European tradition that's been changed by Americans. Yes, we improved it. Oh. We added more money to it and a little added more human suffering a little more suffering well for money (laughs) i almost feel like at this point we should we should divide this into two episodes (laughs) because we're an hour in and we and we've covered some really interesting cool stuff okay Um, well you know should we should we just do that we'll just drop this episode on tuesday and the other one on saint patrick's day yeah why not let's just keep talking about the irish and stealing (laughs) children and eating cabbage yeah drinking whiskey out of a potato um a lot of people hear about the uh where do the marshmallows come from though the little shaped colored marshmallows oh that goes way back the marshes of ireland I don't know. Monks peat would bogs. make those in monasteries. <laughs> so they're originally made out of peat. Yes. Right. <laughs> they tasted disgusting. They weren't delicious. Mellows. Oh, marsh. Um, you always see on the news that they dye the Chicago River green, and then they have this big, you know, St. Patrick's Day parade in downtown Chicago. You don't see or hear as much about the part of Chicago I'm originally from, the South Side. It's a little rough there. It's definitely a blue-collar area. Um, for a good handful of years, the Southside Irish Parade was banned. Uh, and I wish I had printed the article out. I have it on my computer somewhere. But basically, the quotes from the news story are hilarious. They're just like, uh, you know, rampant fist fights, vomiting, fornication in people's yards. I mean, the stuff that they were reporting that the police were trying to clean up, like during this parade, which needed a lot of police presence in the first place, um, they just shut it down. There was no Southside Irish Parade anymore for I don't know how many years. Let me guess four or five years. And they have brought it back. And it's a thing now. But I went years ago. And... Um, the last time I went was probably uh, early 2000s. I want to say the year 2000, which used to sound futuristic. And uh, it was... Yeah, it was it just makes you feel old. It was relatively calm, yeah. I feel like an old bastard now. Uh, 
but they banned it shortly after that and kept it going for a few years. But uh, it's pretty rowdy. It's pretty crazy. Pretty much as long as you don't blatantly drink a beer in front of a cop, you can drink beer. But you're not supposed to even have beer out on the street, which is just absurd. That That's not going to happen. Mm. There's going to be beer everywhere and drunk people and uh, things will get out of hand. But people in the neighborhood on the parade route were having a really hard time with the craziness that was ensuing every year. And um, that's, again, when you invent something in America, the first thing it does is spin out of control. <laughs> so... <laughs> We're celebrating our heritage <laughs> with fistfights, vomit, and fornication. Yeah. Hey, that's what history's made of. Yeah, basically. So, um, well, let's let's wrap up part one. Okay. Part uh, one. Part one, and then uh, maybe we'll start out uh, the next episode. Jolien could tell us about what Ireland's really like since he's been there and I haven't. Are you haven't? Okay. No, not yet. All right. All right. So let's let's hit pause. Come back. I've never uh, been anywhere. Oh, shit. Slanger.